Hey, Lindsay. Well, I'm so excited to have you here. Tell us a little bit about yourself. So my name's Lindsay, obviously. Um, I am a video editor for Community Reach Center in our marketing department. I'm also the video specialist. So basically, if someone's having an issue with their videos, I have to go fix it for them. <laughs> oh, well, look at that. Have you had to do that yet? Today. Oh. Uh, for Lisa. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. <laughs> Oh, great. So um, then, Lindsay, so that's a little bit about your um, role with Community Reach Center. Um, talk to us a little bit about your connections with mental health. So I have struggled with mental health since I was a little kid. I had my first round of struggling with suicidal thoughts when I was eight years old. Uh, that was mainly because I couldn't understand why my brain wasn't working hmm. the same way as everybody else's. Uh, we found out, one, I have a um, learning disability that makes processing things very difficult. I have dyspraxia, which makes processing my surrounding areas very difficult. Mm. I also have OCD. Um, and uh, recently, we found out that I'm also on the autism spectrum, uh, which I probably should have had. I should have had that diagnosis earlier, but mm. they were mainly just saying it's my dyspraxia or my OCD that was causing some of my quirkiness. So how long has, like, because you said, like, they, or, like, how long, how long have you been on this journey of trying to get some clarity for yourself? So at eight years old, my parents, at eight years old, um, I couldn't read. And so the school, but back in the 90s, the schools yeah. took a huge, especially because they took just a huge part into finding out why kids couldn't do something because mm. they wanted all of us to be fish and learning the same way, and in reality, we're just not. Hmm. Um, so what they did was they made me go, I had to get a brain scan. I had to go talk to a therapist. Um, I had an in-school therapist. Um, I had a school principal who decided to tell me I would never succeed in life. Wow. Um, all this stuff. So about eight years old, I've been trying to figure this out. Um, at eight years old, we did... I got my brain scan, I talked to the therapist, my parents were brought in and told exactly what was going on, um, on top of just my brain naturally not working the same way as everybody else. I have brain damage on the part of my brain that takes in the information, that's where the, um, dis the learning disability comes in, mm -hmm. uh, because I had seizures when I was a little. Gotcha. So that caused all that. So it just, my brain's just different. So since eight. <laughs> so I can only imagine how like difficult it might be to like not have the answers. Maybe like you mentioned like the principal saying, yeah. what did what did the principal say? So when I was uh, about nine, my principal brought my parents in. Um, it was when we finally got an understanding of the fact that I can't read the same way. I can't mm -hmm. do math the same way. I just can't do everything the same way. And she acted like I was not in the room because she just thought I wasn't smart enough um, and looked at my parents and told them <laughs> that I would never succeed in life. I would always be dependent on them and that the only job I would ever be able to get is a cart pusher at Walmart. I said that in front of yeah. you? Um, and my dad, who my dad and my mom have been some of my biggest advocates ever. Um, I honestly would not have succeeded in life without them. Uh, my dad looked her dead in the face and said, have you ever had a conversation with my child? Which she hadn't. Yeah. Um, and before she could answer, he went, you know what? No. Um, put his hand up to her and yeah. looked at me and said, has she ever talked to you? And I went, no, daddy, she's mean. Yep. 
<laughs> hey, you said it how I it did. was in that moment. Always have. Oh my goodness. Yes. Yeah, so because of her, I have the personality of liking to prove people wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked my butt off. Uh, I graduated high school with a 3.5 grade point average. Good for you. I graduated college uh, with a 3.0. And in college, mm-hmm. I actually didn't tell them of any of my special anything. Oh, you didn't? Mm-mm. So I might have actually gotten way better grades if they had been aware. Yeah, of like accommodations mm-hmm. or support. Yeah. And I didn't tell them a thing in college because I wanted to prove to myself that I could do it. Yeah, and I can only imagine from that experience, it's like, well, if this is maybe how, like, an education system mm-hmm. is going to look at me, then I'm just going to right. do it myself. Yeah. Wow. So what do you what do you wish you would have known at that time? As a kid or? Yeah, like, or what do you wish they would have known? I wish they would have been more aware yeah. that girls could have, could have the autism diagnosis um in the 90s it was just it was just weird in the 90s it was kids who could if you were a girl with autism but you could talk yeah you weren't going to get that diagnosis you just it just wasn't going to happen if you were a girl who struggled to speak and deal with people you were going to get that diagnosis but i i could talk and honestly it's because of my parents that i could do that um it also helps i have been told that my older sister is only 15 months older than me so huh. I followed a lot of what she was doing. So it was harder to realize some of that because at a young age, I was already like, well, if my sister's doing this, yeah. then I need to also. Yep. Wow. Yeah. I don't know if a lot of people know that about autism disor- disorder, that at some point, like, it was exclusive to the male, mm-hmm. g- diagnosing-wise exclusive to the mm-hmm. male gender. They really, it's not talked about because now we are more open about getting that diagnosis Mm -hmm. um but it was it was just it's very hard to diagnose girls with autism or adhd Hmm. um either or it was mainly boy that's a boy's disorder when in reality it's an everybody's disorder so Hmm. yeah well and I, i think it's important you mentioned that because i'm remembering now like having been in my diagnosing classes in graduate school and then being like, well, you have to remember that it's more likely that like the male gender will have this diagnosis and more likely that the female gender will have this. And so I think as we continue to expand like our language around gender and diagnosing, you know, that sometimes maybe some of that language may be excluding specific individuals from actually understanding what's happening and getting the treatment they need. Well, and on top of that, by putting it on to mostly males will do this, mostly you are also excluding anybody who is non-binary. Yeah. Um, I have a transgender friend who also was just recently diagnosed. Mm. Um, And he's just like, I've always had a male brain. But no one thought about that because I was born into a female body. Hmm. So it's been it's been nice having someone who's been close to the same journey as me, just slightly different. Yeah. And clearly, I hope with more research or just more awareness and knowledge that as professionals, you know, we learn more and that we're able to be more inclusive in all of the work that we do. Um, so, Lindsay, what has your experience with treatment been like? So treatment really has started I took more of a so at the beginning of the pandemic um everything shut down 
Um, and these random things that I did as a kid that they had worked out of me in therapy or people would just be like, hey, don't do that in public, um, started coming back. And I started panicking because I didn't understand why these things were happening. So when that started happening, it threw me into what I thought at the time a very deep depression. Mm-hmm. Um, I now understand that it is actually it was actually autism burnout huh. because I had been masking f- essentially 30 years of my life without acknowledging the fact that I, that's what I was doing. And by masking, you Mas- mean- So when I'm by myself, I'm very quiet and I'm very just subdued and I just do the things that I enjoy. Um, lights, these type of lights drive me up the wall. If you mm-hmm. go into my office here, I have lamps because I just cannot deal with super bright lights. In my apartment, I don't turn on a normal light bulb once. Mm-hmm. I have mm-hmm. stream lights all around my apartment, um, just little lamps and stuff because the lights, they're loud. Lights are loud. And mm-hmm. when I say that, people don't understand what I mean by sure. that. Um, so it's just, I keep everything very subdued. Um, my apartment is surrounded by blankets uh, because it's they're soft and they help mm-hmm. with a lot of my sensory stuff. Uh, when I sleep, I have to sleep in a burrito. So half the time I end up getting sick because I leave my window open so that I can sleep in a burrito. But if I don't do that, I don't sleep. Um, yeah, so it's just all this. So masking is when I go into public, no one really understands that that's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So like right now, I'm very open to talk to you, talking mm-hmm. to you. That's masking. Um, if I wasn't masking, I would not want to look you in the eyes. Eye contact is very uncomfortable. Yeah. Luckily, we now know each other and we have a good relationship so it's easier to keep eye contact when I first know somebody Mm -hmm. if I have no relationship with them I can't do eye contact um Mm -hmm. in my interview for Ignite I did not look at Austin or Bob a whole lot because Mm -hmm. of it um I don't think they realized it because Mm -hmm. I was still able to like keep my head up but I was looking above their heads basically the whole time so I mask all the time that's so interesting because I think without a lack of awareness of like what another ex- person is experiencing, then we may not even think that someone is actually like really putting an effort to do certain things that may be for other people or like lights. I don't, you know, they yeah, don't they're bother loud. me. Yeah. They're loud. <laughs> yeah. No, there's, I'm learning so much <laughs> from you, Lindsay. So I guess, um, like, what would be a takeaway? Like, if you, like, if someone here is listening that's maybe, like, in that journey of, like, trying to figure out, like, what's going on with me? Like, what would be some either, like, encouragement or advice to share with them? There are, I ran into the issue where it's very difficult to give the official diagnosis of autism as an adult. Um, So what my doctor did and my therapist did is they had me go out and um, there's actually different assessments you can take. Okay. Um, One is called the RADS assessment. Um, I got a 197 on that. Is that? Anybody above 63 is usually on the spectrum and I got 197. So they couldn't understand why I could function so well in society now if I was a 197. So then they had me take a quiz that talked about if I was a chameleon, if I was masking, and stuff like that, and I also got a very high score on that, 
Um, Interesting. Because, so I watch people all the time, um, and I pick up on their different, like, mannerisms. I do different accents all the time, and it's just because mm-hmm. I watch TV, and yeah, that, yeah. like, I can do a Sarah Palin accent just so well. Oh. Um, because <laughs> I, I would watch that, and I just pick mm-hmm. up on that. Um, mm-hmm. I did theater as a kid so that I could essentially teach myself how to act like a person. Hmm. So um, that's what chameleon and, like, masking and stuff. So it's smart Mm. to take both of those assessments. And then once you take those assessments, take that to your therapist because then they can give you that diagnosis easier. Well, it almost sounds like what you're also indirectly saying is, like, being able to find a provider, like a therapist that's trying to support you and is going to join you on this journey is ideal and sometimes that can be hard it is very i had a few that were just like no there's no way there's no way that you are because you come in here and talk and i'm like i come in here and i mask because you're a person that i have to hide from so yep so finding the good assessments good fit to really just help so what's your life like now so i'm now coming out of burnout so um I've been, I'm currently medicated to help with that. Um, And so I'm coming, so for the past, I wanna say two years, it's been a struggle to even leave my apartment because the world is just loud. Um, So like my friends would be like, hey, do you wanna come out? And I am very lucky that my friends are just, they're just so aware. A lot of my friends are very old friends. Um, my oldest best friend is from kindergarten. So he's literally watched my entire journey, my whole life. And then my other best friends are from high school. And then my best best friend, her name is Allie. Um, she had, she uh, is a teacher, but she also, she's also a special education teacher. So for her, she's just like, this is normal. This is fine. So I got lucky with my friends that instead of being like, well, if you're not going to come out, then you're not going to be my friend, which sometimes happens uh, because people mm. just, they just don't understand, especially if they aren't neurodivergent. If they're neurotypical, they're going to struggle to understand why going out yeah. is so exhausting. Um, and so I got lucky with them. But for the past two years, yeah, I probably, people would be like, do you want to come out? And I'd be like, no. Huh. Um do you want to stay at my house overnight? And I'd be like, I can't do that. I, I physically cannot do that because if I'm not in my bed, I can't sleep. And, like, some people, not, like, my best friends, but just, like, normal friends would be yeah. like, but why? Um, and so they, like, it was a struggle for them to understand why I, I just can't, I can't do that. And it's difficult for me to explain why I can't do that. I just know I can't do that. <laughs> So, yeah, right. Well, and that's like the whole cycle of advocacy, like self-advocacy is like understanding what your needs are. So then then you can find those supports Mm -hmm. and you can identify those. Mm -hmm. But we can only get there if you understand what your needs are. And so it's like almost a cycle of that needs to happen. Mm -hmm. And I'm just thinking of people, you know, that like they maybe like want to get there, but are missing all of those links. And so I'm hoping that your story and your journey to finding it, although like it had all these like ups and downs that hopefully now that, you know, this can encourage other people to, to have their self-advocacy journey. Mm-hmm. It's also, it's never a bad thing to advocate for yourself. Mm-hmm. It's always okay if you tell people there's certain boundaries that they're crossing. Yeah. Um, 
And I think in our society, we struggle with that. Uh, so with me, I just make it very aware that's a boundary right now that I currently yeah. cannot cross. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so that's kind of. <laughs> yeah, no, but like that's what, I mean, you know, will make like overall healthier communities because now with your awareness, then, you know, like hopefully that can inspire other people in their journeys and then we just all kind of end up helping each other along right. the way. I also, I have a cousin who is also autistic and he's like nine. So he got the actual diagnosis when you're supposed to get the diagnosis but we could never understand where he got it from mm. but as he started getting older he started doing a lot of the same characteristics I had as a kid mm -hmm. and I was just like ah. so and I went to one of his therapy sessions and I realized I did this exact therapy in school mm -hmm. to help me and he's doing that exact thing I just didn't have the official diagnosis. Well, and that, like, that is mental health awareness in itself, you know? Sometimes I think people think, well, it has to be the professionals that are ever, but no, it's like the more we all learn, and sometimes it's lived experience, and sometimes it's, like, someone listening to this now that's like, oh, okay, like, maybe there could be, and it's not about, like, diagnosing, it's just that awareness that, mm -hmm. like, there could be something else missing. Like, are we giving everyone the right resources and tools to help? Right. To help. Yep. It's it's yeah. a wild ride, but, you know, you get there. Well, thank you for sharing, Lindsay. You're welcome. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs>